After the war, the Americans kept bad-mouthing Weems. So he wrote a letter back to this country and he said, I hung Weems because he shot at an officer coming to join me and stole his horse. And he's a deserter from the British Navy. Deserting the British Navy is a hanging offense. That's why it was hung. You are listening to History Man, the platform for historians, curators, and authors to tell their stories of the American Revolution, walk in the footsteps of heroes, and proclaim freedom reigns. On today's episode, we are with Jack Parker as he unveils his fourth edition of his book, Parker's Guide to the Revolutionary War in South Carolina. This book, put out by Harrelson Press, is considered the Bible of the Revolutionary War in South Carolina. Harrelson Press Publishing out of Columbia, South Carolina can be found on Facebook and Twitter. If you like walking in the footsteps of our Revolutionary War heroes, this is a must-have book. In this episode, Jack walks us through his research into British Major James Weems and the attempts to trap the swamp fox, Francis Marion. To my good friend Jack Parker. Uh, I don't know what to do except hide after that <laughs> introduction. Anyway, this is, most people read about Weems' March of Destruction, and then they read about Blue Savannah, and those are two separate things. Except when I put them on the map, I discovered they're probably connected. So that's what this presentation is about. This map shows Georgetown in the lower left-hand corner, and Weems was one of Cornwallis's fair-haired boys. So he was given the job of starting a Georgetown militia. He had two lieutenant colonels, one named Castles, and the other one was William Henry Mills. Now Mills lived up on the east side of the P.D. River about where Shirah or Society Hill is in that area. But he was in Georgetown for starting and helping with this to build the militia. Everything I ever read said castles and mills uh, at, were attacked by, it was a mutiny really, by the people in their militia after Weems left. Well. I've been staring at it for 12 years. It didn't make any sense. Why did Weems get away and the other guy didn't? So I found out, and I'll pass that on to you. I just found out last, about a week ago. <laughs> uh, there's a moral in that. You can look at something or read something over and over, and you'll miss the key point in it over and over. So just because you think you know it, you probably don't. Uh, down in the lower right-hand corner, it says Mills departed 7-6-1780. Well, he had to leave about that time, and that's why he didn't get captured. He wasn't there. Uh, he lived up by Sherall. He was an American, just like Bloody Bill Cunningham, and then he changed sides. 
He changed sides when, Char when Charleston fell to the British in 1780. And he stayed on that side until he quit. Uh, so that's why he wasn't there, why he wasn't captured. Hunt's Bluff, that's in Marlborough County. The British were sending the 71st sick and wounded down to Charleston on the Petey River. Uh, Tristan Thomas didn't have a cannon and he wanted to intercept the boats and take them prisoner. So he cut a couple of palmetto logs and set them up like they were cannons. And he gave them an ultimatum. He either surrendered or I'm going to blow you out of the water. They quit. They surrendered. <laughs> Guess who the commander was? It was old Lieutenant Colonel Mills. That's why he had to go back up to Sherall. So that happened on 725, 1780. And you keep these things kind of in your mind because they'll come up later. Down in the lower right, uh, yeah, right-hand corner again, is Wings departed about 812, 1780. He got orders to go to Camden because Gates had come into South Carolina. He got as far as Nelson's Ferry, that's the lower left-hand side, about 1817-80. Camden was fought on the 16th, so he was late for that. Cornwallis then sent him up to the high hills of the Santee, that's up in the top left up here. He stayed there until he got orders from Cornwallis on 829-1780 to go after the people between the Santee and the Petey Rivers. It's your turn. Okay. <laughs> she gets to do the reading for me. Weems received orders from Lord Cornwallis to sweep the country. I don't think your mic's working. Oh, it is. Don't worry. Okay. I just had it lower than yours. Uh, the country from Kingstree Bridge to the PD and return by the Charles. Sorry, I would have you disarm in the most rigid manner all persons that you cannot depend on and punish the concealment of arms and ammunition with the total demolition of their plantations. Their plantations. All those who had voluntarily enrolled themselves in Colonel Mills or Colonel Gaylord's corps and afterwards join the rebels must be immediately hanged up unless you should seize a great number, in which case you will please select the properest, the properest ob objects for mercy. All those who either submitted themselves or lived quietly on their plantations in an apparent acquiescence to the king's government and have joined in this second revolt must have their property entirely taken from them or destroyed and themselves taken prisoners of war. That's from the big man himself. No. Major James Means was acting commander of the British 63rd Regiment. Lord Cornwallis's letter to General Clinton stated, Major Weems is going to, with a detachment of the 63rd Regiment mounted, some refugees, provincials, and militia to disarm in the most rigid manner the country between Santee and PD, and to punish severely all those who submitted or pretended to live peaceably 
under his majesty's government since the reduction of Charlestown and have joined in this second revolt. And I ordered him to hang up all those militiamen who were concerned in seizing their officers and capturing the sick of the, sick of the 71st Regiment. I had myself ordered several militiamen to be executed who had voluntarily enrolled themselves and borne arms with us and afterwards revolted with, to the enemy. The 71st Militia was Tristan Thomas. Just two or three weeks before that captured the British. So you can tell that Cornwallis was a little bit upset with what the Americans were doing. In addition, you can see Great Savannah down in the lower left-hand corner. <clears throat> Francis Marion took 200 prisoners from the Maryland line away from the British. They were being transported from Camden down to Charleston as prisoners of war. Uh, this happened on 8-25-1780. And you notice that he issued orders to Williams on 8-25-29. So only four days difference. This one kind of put icing on the cake for Cornwallis. Of the 200, about 176 decided they'd rather be prisoners than go with Marion. Five or six decided, we'll join Marion. They lasted about a week. And if you, what happened, uh, you'll see later on, that Marion sent them to Wilmington, North Carolina, along with his prisoners and the 200 from the American line, uh, Maryland line. I'm sorry, I forgot that before. Here's who comprised Weems' force. 100 men from Weems' British 63rd Regiment. 100 loyalists from Colonel John Hamilton's best men to be ordered to be sent to Weems by Cornwallis. Cornwallis assigned loyalist militia to reinforce the Weems 63rd, probably from Harrison's Loyalist Militia and or Colonel Samuel Times Loyalist Militia. Captain Amos Gaskins was a member of Times Militia. Gaskins is the one that pointed out the plantations of all the different people that were in the Georgetown Militia and turned against the British. So it was probably uh, Times uh, Militia that assisted Weems. This is just a general map to give you an idea of what we're going to discuss. It's a 1776 map. It has all the pertinent places on it. You can see the high hills of the Santee, etc. And we'll break it down and go part by part. Uh, Weems received his orders on the 29th, but he did not march until September 5th. There are 81 days in August. So he fiddled around for seven days or seven and a half days. Uh, at first I had him camped at, uh, down here at Canty's plantation. Whoops, there's Canty's. Just because a lot of people camped there when they were marching between places. 
And two days ago, I discovered he was in Williamsburg at night. And I knew this for 12 years, too. So Canty's, is, he couldn't have camped there. It's too close to Williamsburg. So he probably camped somewhere from Richardson's. He was a general in the American Army. And somewhere down in here. Uh, the most likely place is Jack's Creek, which is close to Summerton, which is off I-95. <clears throat> so he camped there on the 5th. On the 6th, he was marching through Williamsburg, which is all the way over here. Uh, in Williamsburg, uh, there was a Major John James was one of the uh, officials or officers for Marion. Now you got to understand Marion had troops all over the eastern half of South Carolina and they acted as spies. So he knew if you walked out your front door after breakfast, Marion knew about it. <laughs> He, he knew where all the opposite forces were. He knew where all of his forces were. The, the uh, references say that on the evening of the 6th, or at night, uh, Williams marched through King Street. Williams, uh, James was hiding out and counting the number of British so he could pass it on to Mary. As the tail end stragglers came by, he attacked. He captured or killed about 30 of the um, Wings militia. That didn't make Cornwallis, Cornwallis very happy either. So now the red line, by the way, is the march route from the 1776 map that Wings probably used in his march because armies always traveled on roads rather than through swamps and thickets and forests. Uh, you can see in the lower left-hand side, there's uh, Williams, Indian Town, and McGill's. Three red boxes. Well, the British by now knew that uh, John James had captured 30 of it. Wayne's people. So he wanted to uh, make an example of James. He went to his house. He wasn't there. So they asked his wife, he said, where's your husband? And she replied, I have no control over that man. And he's not here. I have no idea where he is. They laid siege to the house for about three days. Uh, not allowing any food or anything else in. But one of Wayne's men, through a back window, passed food to her and her children. After three days, they hauled all the furniture out of the house and burned the house down. And this is just a little side note that I find interesting. There was an attorney in Hemingway who, almost with his last breath, Help me find where John James lived. He had a brother that bought some property on the same creek. 
And we nailed it down, and probably within a week, he died from cancer. And I'm sorry it happened so long ago, I can't remember his, his name. Uh, you probably have heard of Indian Town. Weems, or one of his men, stated, this is a house of sedition. Because all of the uh, Episcopal churches were the king's property. So none of those got burned. But if you were any other domination, it was called a meeting house, and one of them happened to be an Indian town, and they burned it. Probably most of you have seen the movie called The Patriot, where they burned a church with people inside. I have found nothing in 22 years where the British or the Americans ever burned a church with people inside. But they did burn the Indian Town Church, and that's why. Because it was a meeting house, and it was right in the middle of Marion's territory. You can also see McGill's. That's the red dot, or square, closer to the right-hand side of the page. McGill's is still there. And I've been told it's the original house. But if you go there, it's now up on a paved road, and it's owned by a doctor. Uh, I wouldn't really go knocking on the door. But back during the Revolution, about halfway from where the house is now, down to the swamp, is the original location of the house. And I think there's a couple of trees in the middle of the field growing up there. So, uh, John James was in the area because he shot from the road at the British camp at McGill's. Of course, that didn't make them very happy either, but they didn't catch James. Uh, after that, they marched up the line of the red. Now, if you see the red on the right-hand side, there's a little red square just north of it. That was a house of a man named Savage. They burned his house. He wasn't home. But they burned his house. Uh, probably most of you know that there was a, a house where the British were ensconced and somebody shot an arrow on the roof and set the house on fire. The person that shot that arrow was savage. That happened about a year after his house was burned. Now you can see the red line goes across Britain's ferry and stops. In one of Marion's letters, he said, Wings crossed Britain's ferry and came back the same night. Now that doesn't make any sense. Why would a guy move his army up all the way across the ferry and then turn around and come back? One of the rules in the Revolutionary War, and probably still, is you keep water between you and your enemy. That way you have more time to get away. He knew that Marion was on the east side of the Beatty River. So he went across, dropped some troops off, and came back across so that Marion would think he had a river between his enemy and himself. 
That makes sense. A lot of the people that had their houses burned were on the east side of the Petey River. And you've got to remember that Weems had three to four hundred men. So he dropped a bunch off when he was down in Indiantown to lay siege to James's house. They stayed there. Weems kept moving. So now we have British forces on both sides of the Petey River. And there's something else I've forgotten, one of those slides way back in the beginning, but you'll see it later on. There's also a third British force coming up on the east side of the Little Petey River, just in case Mary tried to get away that way. All right, he came back across Britain's Ferry, which is just to the south of this slide. He went back up, and you probably all heard about Adam Cusack. He was hanged by wings in Society Hill. <clears throat> and I've got to fill you in a little history here. The American version of why Adams or Cusack was hung was number one, he shot at a slave owned by Brockington, who was on the British side. They shot across Black Creek. The other is that he refused to take British officers across Black Creek on his ferry. So, in my mind anyway, that's pretty well be debunked. After the war, the Americans kept bad-mouthing wings, so he wrote a letter back to this country and he said, I hung wings because he shot at an officer coming to join me and stole his horse. And he's a deserter from the British Navy. Deserting the British Navy is a hanging offense. That's why he was hung. And again, after I did maybe the second edition, I gave a talk at Darlington County. The young man, but younger than I am, uh, happened to have a copy of the plat for Adam Cusack. And it located, and that location on the map is within 100 yards. If you ever, if you ever go there, have been over Highway 327 that goes up to I-95. There's a bridge over Black Creek. On the right-hand side, going north, is where Cusack would have lived. You can throw a rock across Black Creek, but the important part, on that plat, it says a bridge, not a ferry. So that pretty well debunks the American reasons for hanging Cusack. Uh, the other red dots that are on there are my guess as to where plantations were burned. Except for right up at the top, almost in the center, is Jordan and Gibson. Up here. Oh, there you go. That was, that man was named in person, so I I know that's somebody that had his house plantation burned. And the, the word plantation down here means a great big property 
in those days, all it meant was a farm. So it could have been three or four acres. Williams went up to Society Hill. Now you see the black line on the other side of the river. That's the men that were supposed to get married. And again, there were some Wiggins or Wigans that had their houses burned. That's what a lot of my red dots are. That's just where they lived. In Society Hill, uh, Williams stopped and had a trial for Adam Cusack. He was found guilty and hanged by Williams. There was a Dr. Wilson that inter tried to intervene to keep him from hanging well, uh, Adam Cusack. For that, he had his house burned. So Williams also burned Dr. Wilson's house. His family tried to entreat, uh, uh, maybe that's not the right word. Anyway, they tried to stop the hanging by pleading to Williams. And Williams charged his horse at them. There was uh, somebody that grabbed the reins of the horse before he could trample anybody. So, Weems, that's the only time I ever heard that Weems was really a bad dude because he only hung one person and that was Cusack. Then there, you see the name DeWitt out there just next to the, doctor, the doctor's house. DeWitt was an American who supplied cattle and food to the Patriot forces. His house was burned also for that reason. And he had a, a big plantation down in Florence County along River Road. There used to be a, a sign, if you ever drive from Florence south to that big intersection that I guess takes you over to the beach. On the, the left-hand side going south, there's a historical marker, or there was, about DeWitt's. So that's, that's where DeWitt lived. 